0: Big welcome to all of you this morning. Uh, If you're new here, my name's Matt, part of the team here at One Hope. It's great to have you with us. Uh, I want to particularly thank uh, those of you who meet at 10 a.m. in the side, the Barable rooms there, uh, for prayer before the service. That is such a rich time. And can I really encourage you? We'd love, we'd love to have more people. There's a great group of people that have been meeting, and that's been growing. We'd love to have you there. If you feel like you want to come a little bit earlier and uh, pray with us, it's a really rich time. And thank you, Al, uh, for our Tool for leading that time. Uh, so just in the Barrable rooms there, 10 a.m. every Sunday morning. We would love to have you there with us. This morning, um, I'm going to build this uh, on on a story, and, and amazing to the timeliness uh, of this story, as because wanted to look through some aspects of the life of Elijah and Elisha, and I come to this story, and it just the alignment here is is amazing and very confirming. Um, it's the story in the early part of the ministry of, of Elijah and many of you will know the amazing story of Elijah on Mount Carmel and how he called the prophets of Baal. Um, Israel at this time was steeped in idolatry. They were, they were worshipping uh, the gods of the nations and Uh, And Elijah is sent to call them back to the true and living God, away from idolatry, to call them back to God. And Elijah calls the people up to Mount Carmel, and he calls the prophets of Baal, and he has this challenge. He says, you built an altar, and I'll build an altar. And we'll both call on our God, and whichever God answers by fire, that God is the true God now it, the interesting thing about this story it do, actually it doesn 't say that God told Elijah to do that, and, and it 's not that it 's not that um, it 's not that he did the wrong thing it 's not that it wasn 't the right thing in a sense, and certainly God answers Elijah if you know the story, um, but I feel that at this point you get this sense from, from the way that the story unfolds that elijah really hopes that this is just going to solve all these problems. I mean, he really wants to solve these problems, this problem of idolatry, once and for all, right? So right, that's it. Let's go up in the mountain. Let's solve this once and for all. The God that answers by fire, that's the real God. And we'll just, can we put a full stop there? <laughs> and so he does, they go up to the mountain and, and the prophets of Baal, they call out all day and they go through their rituals and try to invoke their God and, and, and they do all the things that they, and, 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 and there's just nothing. It's just completely, there's no Answer it all, and then uh, Elijah steps up and he says, "Now pour water over my uh, over my altar and the and the wood and the and the the pour more more water." And they pour water over. He steps forward and he calls on the name of the Lord, and fire. I mean, you just it's the most amazing scene fire comes from heaven and consumes the sacrifice and the water and everything it's just completely obliterated and all the people fall down in terror I may say saying the Lord is God the Lord is God what an amazing amazing thing man like It's one of these big moments in the the biblical story where, where it's just like God just does this amazing, amazing thing. And then it solves all their problems and they live happily ever after, right? Let me ask you this question. Approximately, how much do you think that changed? Let me give you... Let me give you the answer. This is just an approximation. Approximate answer is none. Nothing. It changed nothing. And Elijah is stricken by this. He's absolutely dejected. Like it doesn't change anything, God. Like, what... Why? And in fact, he says in 1 Kings 19 verse 9, he says, he went into a cave and he spent the night, sorry, um, in sorry, 1 Kings 19 verse 4, Elijah says, I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. I've had enough. That's it, had enough. If that didn't work, <laughs> what, what is going to work? So God says, all right. We're going to need to go back to some basics here. And he tells Elijah to go on a long journey, 40 day journey, 40 days and 40 nights. And you'll know that that's a significant number in the Bible, 40 days and 40 nights, because they're going to go back. Remember that Israelites came from Mount Sinai and it took them 40 years to get to the promised land, which was just probably a couple of weeks walk. It took them 40 years so he goes that in reverse, goes back 40 days, 40 nights, and he goes back to the mountain of God, Mount Sinai, where the Israelites received the revelation of God. God takes him to that mountain. Places in the Bible are very important because they stand for things that God said and God did, and God takes Elijah back. He so I need to show you something here, Elijah. And it says here in 1 Kings 19, there he went into a cave and he spent the night. Let me just say this. I think I can relate to Elijah's dejection here because Elijah thought we just need this big thing to, if only this big thing happens, right? then we'll be okay, like fire from heaven, you know. And, and we can, I believe, to some extent, have, particularly in our sort of particular stream, in our tradition, we, God has done amazing big things, right? And we can easily fall into this mode where we're waiting for the next big thing to happen, right? We're waiting for the next big thing to happen. Lord, when is the next big thing going to happen, right? And we're waiting for it. I've had my my share of big things. In fact, one... uh, one moment that i've told you i think a very life changing moment i think just it's only really just lately that i've gradually been understanding that in retrospect. I had an encounter with God that was more than I could actually handle, and I know that sounds uh i know that uh, you know it's one of these big things that happens and 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 but for me, it was actually a devastating experience because I was Insisting that God reveal Himself to me, and when God emerged out of the universe around me, and I became it's like my heart became a point of infinite density, I just felt like I was gonna die. It was absolutely unbearable, and I said, I actually had to beg God to go away, and I was so disturbed by that experience. And it took me, I think, years to understand as I sought God, I remember even going back to that place, that's gotta, you know, I've got a now, and I think what I've learned is that the only safe way to encounter God, because we, we wanna encounter God like out there, but let me tell you, you can't handle that. God is infinitely greater than you can think or imagine. You can't handle it. There is only one way that you can encounter God, not like out there, but from the most intimate proximity. The only way that we can know God is when God does this and he gathers us under his wings. And we know from the inside, from being in God and God in us, he comes to us in intimacy. It's the only way to know infinite, eternal greatness from the most intimate perspective. I remember at an elders' prayer meeting, and I think, Al, you may have, um, if, I may not be remembering this right, but you, um, I think it was Al that shared this sense of Jesus coming to us through the servant's entrance. We want the big, grand the big grand entry right through the main entrance come on jesus come on come and come to us jesus and he says no no i am going to come like that one day but you're not ready for that you can you can't handle that who can withstand who can endure said malachi To a people who were saying, where is God? When is God gonna come? We're waiting for the... No, Mel, you actually can't handle it. Who can endure the day of his coming? So this is what God did. He came through the back door, through the servant's entrance. All of the greatness, infinite greatness of God incarnate in the person of Jesus Christ. I had this picture recently that we were all standing together and, and we were looking and waiting. When is the Lord gonna come? When is Jesus gonna come? We're all looking. And, and, I, and I had this experience of sort of standing in the back and Jesus comes in and he, he stands there. What are they? And he's uh, just standing there among us and we're all looking out. When is the Lord gonna and he's saying, what are, they, what are they looking for? What are they looking for? Oh, that's a good question. What are we looking for? Because he comes to us in intimacy. Because we can't endure anything else, he comes to us in intimacy, and he whispers, I'm here. Okay, back back to this story. So Elijah at Mount Sinai says, there he went into a cave and he spent the night and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? Weird question because God told him to go there, but anyway, he replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. I believe there are people here who are saying, I have been zealous for the Lord. I have prayed. I've been looking for the Lord and he hasn't hasn't come to me. I've been very zealous for the Lord, he replied. The Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars. They've put your prophets to death with the sword and I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now, we might think Elijah would have been excited by that, but I think he probably would have been kind of terrified because that's what God said to Moses. He would remember that. And God hid Moses in a cleft in the rock so that he wouldn't die when it happened. Then it says, then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, and it shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. The Lord caused the wind, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the The earthquake, these are all standard manifestations of the power and majesty of God. The Lord caused the earthquake, but he was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then, after the fire, came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out. He'd actually been hiding in the cave. He didn't do what God initially said. Come out and stand on the on the no, he was hiding in the cave in terror. <laughs> come, you gotta be joking. Come out. <laughs> like you even you hid Moses in a cloak. I'm not gonna come out, it's ridiculous, right? And and so he's in the cave. I mean, as soon as the earthquake and the and the storm, no wonder he's in the cave, he's terrified. But the Lord wasn't in those. The Lord caused those, but he wasn't in those. And then he heard a gentle whisper. And he comes out and he stands at the mouth of the cave. And he's standing in the place where God revealed himself, where God spoke to his people. The voice of God, the whisper of God where God revealed himself in all of his majesty. Sometimes you gotta go back to the mountain. You gotta go back to the place to remind yourself, who is this? Who is this? Because we can can end up looking for the wrong thing because we are habitual idol-makers. We end up invariably making God less. And so we need to continually come back to the mountain and realize something about the greatness of God, but also something about the intimacy of God, of who God is and how God comes. I know for a lot of you, you know, you, you, you've, you've experienced God do things in the past. And, and as I said, even in our experience as a church, we've, we've experienced that. God has done amazing things. And this picture has been emerging. I'm going to do my best to try and describe this. Whenever God comes to us and he does something it's always a sign to draw us into something it's always a sign to bring us back to him you know it's like there are moments when God pours out upon us in different ways he pours out upon us and it's always to draw us in to what I will describe as the river of his presence, and i want I want to I want you to picture a vast, vast river, you know big rivers they 're so powerful the weight of the water flowing down that river it 's actually so powerful you sometimes you can 't even see the current you know it's it's the the river's moving but you have to actually get in the river to feel the current. And I want you to picture this vast, vast river. And it's like almost what God does is that he, it's like, almost like he pipes some water through to us and, and, and he, he pours out upon us, right? He pours out upon us, like a tap, you know, and he pours out upon us because he wants to draw us into the vast, great river of his presence. But what we do is we gather around the tap. This is a picture that I had. We gather around the tap. I think perhaps we even think that we get to turn the tap on and off. Oh, look. Look what the Lord does. The tap. And it's like, you know, and what what... What the Lord did through that, it was, you know, it was great and it was valid, and the Lord wants to do those things. But I had this picture of us gathered around the tap. Almost make it's like it's like our God is the tap God. We we it's like we made an idol out of this tap. And we gathered around the tap and we said, Oh, when is the Lord? When is the water gonna flow again? out of the tap, right? We're huddled around it. And a lot of people have become disillusioned, right? Because the tap went dry. Because we turned on the tap and nothing happened. I've seen so many people walking away from God because the tap ran dry. Because whole... I, because I feel like whole churches gather around the tap. The God of the tap, we're gathering and we're waiting you know, for the tap, we're trying all these different ways like the prophets about to turn the tap on. And there's no denying that what God poured out through that tap, what, you know, that, that that was absolutely God and it was good and it was living water. But God did that to give us a taste of something so that we would be drawn into the great river of his presence. And that really is the journey I have to say that I've been on. Striving at the tap. Oh man, it's exhausting. It's so exhausting. So discouraged when it runs dry <sighs> around the tap. And it's like Jesus is like, what are they what, what are they looking for? What are they looking at? And the Lord called me away from the tap. And He drew me into the great river of His presence. And I died and lived again. I was baptized in the river of God's presence. You know, just the other day, I, I, you know, on my my day off, was down the coast, and I was just sitting, and I was sitting still, as I as I often do. It's one of the reasons why we have the waiting room, because this has been such a transformative place for me, this place of stillness. As I sat still before the Lord, I could feel myself. Like sinking and just floating in that river, I could feel the movement. You know, I could feel the movement, and I sense God say, "You just all I require from you is just those regular." There's this constancy of God in that river, and God's showing that all is needed is these micro movements just to stay in the center of the river. The river's going to push you along. I just need these, these, these. Gestures of trust and of faith just to stay in the middle of the river because if we don't do that, we get we get because the river, as the river flows, there's a lot of debris on the edge of the river, and a lot of people you know, it's it's, you can you can get washed off the edges, it's just you've got to stay because there's a purity in the river, it's it's a pure river in that the debris gets washed to the sides. I could feel. The greatness of God flowing and I'm completely out of control. I'm completely out of control, not where I like to be. Completely surrendered to the flow of the river. As I flow with the river, as the river flows through me. And it is the most amazing place of peace and joy. And I say to myself, why on earth did I ever strive like the prophets of Baal around the tap and i believe that god is calling us stop chasing the next big thing the next you know the next miracle the next sensational thing stop ch-. it's like it's not that god doesn't do that god will do that stuff he will do that but he does that when, when he does these miracles. It's not just a miracle, it's a sign. That he's calling us into the river. And I believe he's laying claim on us today. He's laying claim on you today. Get away from the taps and get off the dry ground. Stop trying to make your life there. That's it now. You come into the river and find something new. You come into the river. You surrender completely from this day forwards. And you will know a God who is greater than you ever, ever imagined. You will be immersed in the presence of God. But you will also know a God who is more intimate than you ever, ever imagined. There will be a constancy, not intermittent big experiences waiting for the next big experience, turn the tap off, on, off, on, none of that. That's, you know, we've made a false God out of the true God there. No, no, a constancy, a vast, infinite, constant flow of God that we need to surrender ourselves to. and flow with. And you will know a God who is not only great, but who will be so intimate and so constant, it'll be a constant, a whispering. Hey, look out for this. Look out for that. It'll only take a whisper. Hey, that really grieves me that thing in your life. That really grieves me. Come into the river and let's wash it away. Let's wash it away. Hey, that condemnation that you're wearing right now, come into the river and let's wash it all away. Let's give you a new start. You who are thirsty, get off the dry land and wade in and let the river pick you up and flow you forwards. I wonder, I wonder who here knows that they need to do that. I'd like us to stand together. I'm going to get the music team to come up. In a moment, we're going to take communion together. We're going to take a few moments to to just reflect on that, and we're just going to be we're just going to just be still for a few moments. In fact, we might just keep it silent for, for a bit. And right now, I realise we all need to respond in, in slightly different ways, and, and, and that's, you know, that's fine. I mean, if you feel like you need to kneel, you know, kneel. if you feel like you need to re- just do whatever. But I, I, just, I really feel like God is calling for an answer. He's called, he's called to us right now, and He wants an answer from you now. He wants an answer now. Are you going to respond to me or are you not? And I want you to take a few moments to give your answer this morning. Give your answer to God this morning. And I want to encourage you, if this this helps you, I want to encourage you, even in this time of silence, you can just leave your seat and just come and stand up around the front. I mean, we're going to come up anyway and take communion uh, in a moment, but if you need to make a physical gesture to just to break something out of something, then even just as we wait, why don't you leave your seat and you can come and just stand up around the front. As I said, you can kneel where you are. You can do this however you want. But let's just wait a few moments because God is looking for an answer now. Now. Thank you that you are present in this place right now in your presence lord your infinite eternal pres- we are immersed in your presence there is a river whose streams make glad the city of god as the psalm says there is a river whose streams make glad the city of god come to the river Come and give yourself to the river today. Father, we, we surrender today, Lord, as your people. We surrender to you, Lord. Father, would you stir in each one of us, Lord. Lord, would you break open the dikes, Lord, that hold back the magnitude of your presence that we have built and we ask you Lord God in your mighty flood Lord that you would draw us into the might of your presence and that we would learn to live and flow in surrender, we offer ourselves as living sacrifices today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.